Well, good morning. Thank you, church, for just joining us again on this Sunday, September 13th. Uh, again, every Sunday, we really are just um, so pleased that you make a choice to um, get up and join us right now at 10 o'clock, or if you join us later on during the day, but just to make that choice to join in worship together, because that really is what we're doing. Uh, we talk about this every week, but we are the church. The fact that we can't gather in person, um, it's something that we all miss, but it is not the defi- definition of who we are as his body. We are gathering this morning as his body to worship the, the living God, to worship our Father, to worship his Son, Jesus Christ, and we do all of that in the Spirit. I was thinking this morning that actually it really is so different uh, with each of you being likely at home or wherever you are as opposed to being gathered here together. And I was thinking back to when, um, you know, I was doing that when everything was on video as opposed to live stream. And frankly, there's just some distractions, you know, that I know that took place with me that it's just a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more, um, you know, at ease at home. And so, and I found myself at times being able to kind of not be necessarily focused on what was going on, but being uh, perhaps a little bit more easily distracted. So I I really encourage you this morning to just choose right now to just focus in on what we're doing together as a body. Focus in on the worship. Focus in on the prayers. Focus in, obviously, on the ministry. And everything that's just taking place, it's an opportunity to just make a choice again to not be distracted by whatever might be going on with you today. Um, And you're going to hear much more from this about Richie today, but as we move, continue through Ephesians, we're really moving into... uh, a part of Ephesians where Paul is getting extremely practical and frankly very personal with us about how to take the glorious truths that we heard and learned in chapters 1 and 3 and really apply them in our daily lives. So as we move into prayer now just for our time together, again, I just want to encourage you to stop right now. Turn to the Holy Spirit. Turn to God. Turn your mind, turn your heart to the Lord and just ask him to come and speak to you and fill you and keep you focused today on everything that's going on in this time of worship. So would you just join me as we pray for our time together today? Father, we do come just right now and we offer you our hearts. We offer you our minds. We offer you our bodies, Lord. We give everything to you right now. We stop and we say the name Jesus. We know that there is power, there is life, there is truth, there is light in the name of Jesus. So Jesus, come and fill this place today. Fill all of the people who are just uh, participating and providing this content today. And fill every single man and woman and child who is just watching and listening, whether it's right now or later on during the day. Lord, we gather together because we love you. We love you more than anything in this world. We love you with all of our hearts. So would you just come, fill this place, and be glorified in everything that we do. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we offer ourselves and these prayers to you. Amen. Good morning, church family. It's that uh, giving time of our cyber service again. And it's just an interesting week. Friday, there was so much time of reflection. 
being 9-11, 19th anniversary, and it took me back and members, you can't watch the news and listen to the news and, and not remember where we were, how we felt, how that change, that dramatic change in the way we live our everyday lives in this country, how it's affected us. Not much unlike how this COVID-19 and lockdown situation is making changes to our life today. That passed, this too will pass, and we have a tremendous opportunity to continue to act on what the Lord puts on our heart in giving. We take mail here at 1290 Grand Ojai. We can also drop off in the mail slot in the door. We have giving on the app. We have giving on the website available to us. And it's a tremendous opportunity to, uh, to act on, again, what the Lord has put on our heart. So uh, be upbeat and... Uh, Oh, I'm so going to get him for this. Okay, it's like throwing a rubber duck across and you guys can't see it. It's a tragedy. Anyway, you guys, are, uh, you guys have been awesome in your giving and what the Lord's put on your heart. And please join me as we pray for the giving. Father, we do just humbly come to you to respond in obedience to what you put on our heart, Lord. We know that you paid the price and you gave it all. And as we remember you and the many blessings in our lives, even in these times that we want to act, we want to do, we want to return to you a small portion of what's yours so that the ministry for your kingdom can continue through this church, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. We thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 26, 5 through 7. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God.
It started off with the practice of worship and during the times, and we're doing it, because, we're giggling because I think we're so glorifying God so much, it's so joyful. So, and we have Isaac in the back telling me to move from side to side, or, and Randy, you didn't know why we were giggling, but I'm going to tell you, Randy, it was because you, they zoomed in on you and you filled up the whole screen, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, so that, that is what, if you see us like snickering or giggling, that's why, because we're just working through little difficulties, but we're having fun doing it because we're doing it for the glory of God. So, so this time for meet and greet, I wanted to encourage you to just shoot somebody a text, an email, and you, you, you're more than welcome to steal my phrase, I miss and love you. But do me a favor, do it after the service, because I've heard a couple people saying, I've done it during the service, and then I get disconnected, and then I can't watch the service, and so you have full permission to do it afterwards. You can actually do it any day you want, or you can do it every day. So just reach out to somebody, because it really means a lot. When you reach out to somebody, just tell them that you're thinking about them, they're, you're praying for them. So I encourage you to, to do that. Um, now it's time for announcements. Um, our first announcement, I just want a little praise report for last Wednesday. It was unbelievable. We had such a great time of fellowship. We dove into the Word. We heard a testimony. It was a great night just of just celebrating God's love. And I encourage you, our next one is on the 23rd of this month. And we changed the time a little bit. Notice the time. It's at 6.15 instead of 6.30 because it is getting a little darker. And I know it gets scary at night. So we're going to start a little earlier and, and end at 7.15. But people usually have to, we have to turn on the sprinklers to get people to leave anyway. So 
please come and join us. Registration will be up on our website starting tomorrow. And um, the next announcement, um, Pastor um, Ron would like to invite you guys next um, Sunday. They're doing an event. If you would like to know further things about the event, go to our, on their website at the Redemption website or go to our bulletin. So now let's see what Kingdom Kids has in store for us. children in the world will hide there, Kingdom Kids. Wow, I'm excited to see you out here. I'm sitting in the park. What a beautiful day it is. I'm just taking notes in my notebook. Wow, you know what? Notebooks are an important part of our school supplies. We use notebooks to help us remember things and throw pencils too. We shouldn't do that though. That was an accident. One important thing we need to remember for school that may not be in our notebooks is this. Be unselfish and think of others ahead of ourselves. Last week we started looking at things that we carry in our backpacks. Things we need in school. We started off with the pencil. The thing we use most in school. That pencil taught us the importance of being good listeners. Not just in the classroom, but with our friends, our family and others. Being a good communicator starts with being what? A good listener. But a pencil's only good if you have something to write on. And one of these things to write on in school is our notebooks. One of the most important things you can remember to bring with you every day to school or while you're doing schoolwork. And what is that you ask? Let me tell you. It's an unselfish attitude. An attitude that thinks about others ahead of yourself. Now, I know that's not easy to do, especially in school, especially almost a lot of times. But you can do it. You can train yourself to do it. And once you do, wow, it's easy to do. You know that the Bible makes it very clear as followers of Christ, we need to put others ahead of our own wants and needs. And we can start putting others first by using our notebooks. Hey, let's talk to some of our friends here in the park and see what they have to say about the importance of a notebook. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Get this. I went to go talk to a squirrel. I talked to a squirrel. He didn't talk back. He chirped and chased me up into this tree. I am hiding in a tree. Is he right behind me? Okay, well, I didn't get any interviews. I tried. Who talks to a squirrel? I do. And uh, hiding in a tree is probably not a good idea. I know he's around here somewhere. We were talking about putting others ahead of ourselves, which is very important. And you know what? We don't have to limit ourselves to the friends we have. You know, because we should look for kids who don't have friends and be a friend to them. It's a scary thought, isn't it? But how many times did Jesus reach out to the poor, the hungry, the sick, the friendless in the Gospels? Jesus wants to do the same for our classmates. Yes, he does. He wants us to be his presence in our schools. Share with those who have little. Be a friend to someone who has no one. Pray for those who are sick and help those who need it. I hope that all of you will remember this lesson above all others. Life isn't all about you. It's about loving God and loving others. 
It's about following Jesus' example and giving love to those who need it most. Don't make this year all about you. Ask God to give you eyes to see those in need and ask for a willing heart that's always willing to share. And read Matthew 2540. There's a lot more fun and a lot more to learn on Kingdom Kids Online. And as soon as I get down off this high tree and away from that little squirrel, that little Dickens, I'm going to head over there myself. There's a lot of fun over there and a lot more to learn about what's in your backpack and to be a great example of God's love. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Well, good morning. As uh, Mark and Tyler said, it's great to be with you this morning once again. And, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do my part and come clean and own what I need to own about the, the giggles this morning. Uh, you know, as we are working through uh, really improving uh, what we're able to do here at the church, uh, two things. One, I'm really excited for when you are able to be here on a Sunday. Uh, the Lord has done so much in the last five months uh, in terms of the facility and the worship center experience that you're going to be able to enjoy uh, from the worship team, the sound, the video. Uh, but along with that comes, comes some of the, uh, the quirks and trying to figure out, uh, specifically, we move the camera over about five to ten feet that way, so there's a different camera angle. And this morning, we were trying to figure out uh, who would be in the background in certain shots. And uh, when Randy was doing offering, you saw Mark doing his best to put his base on. And so I, I went back to the booth and said, hey, can you zoom in on Randy? And uh, God bless Isaac. Uh, you know, he's a servant. So he says, okay. And uh, so you probably got more of Randy than you were expecting this morning. And then we noticed here that the camera was shaking. And so there was no earthquake here at the well. And what happened was we saw it shaking and we all started to kind of laugh back there. So I kind of was doing this. And I think that's what really kind of threw Randy because he actually thought I was dancing. Uh, but uh, so put your mind at ease. There was no earthquake at the well. And uh, as you see, Randy looks really good this morning. And, uh, uh, but we're excited. Uh, again, uh, it's baby steps and little by little, the worship team, the bridge team, they're doing a great job. And, and in the end, we are excited. We are so enthused, Lord willing, for when we are able to gather. Uh, so much has been happening. Wednesday at the well, phenomenal ministry. Uh, if you're able to come out to the next one, just a beautiful time and, and just a reminder of, you know, how God made us to be relational to love one another uh, in person. Uh, we do the best we can through this live stream. Uh, I know many of you are connecting during the week, uh, but we really do look forward to uh, the opportunity to gather once again on the Sunday morning. So uh, this morning we're going to continue our series through Ephesians chapter 4. And if you've been with us the last two Sundays, we've been focusing on Ephesians four seventeen to 24. And in that particular passage, uh, or pericope, you know, there's a kind of a, an official term, a pericope in the Bible can be considered a paragraph or a, or a passage. So this particular pericope, Ephesians 4, 17 to 24, 
has been focusing on our sanctification and what the Apostle Paul says, putting off and putting on. And the last two Sundays we've said, okay, I kind of get that. I have to put off, I have to put on the new, put off the old, I'm a new creation, I'm going to walk in newness of life. The last few Sundays we've been examining, well, why is that difficult? We said, well, maybe it's because of fears and insecurities. If I am struggling with putting off something, maybe I'm a little insecure coming to Mark and saying, hey, Mark, I, I, I need your help with this because I'm afraid I'm going to get one of these from Mark versus one of these. So we talked about being a church of grace and compassion. Last Sunday, we focused on maybe our challenge with putting off the old man and putting on the new has to really do with competing love interests. That, quite frankly, we may not want to put off the old. The old man makes us feel good. The old man isn't so bad. The old man uh, benefits me still. You know, whatever it might be. And really, we said last week, we said, maybe really it's an issue of the heart then. We're, we're not loving God, right? The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, right? And, and, and at the core, if we're struggling with putting off and putting on, we have to be honest with God first and foremost and say, God... I think in these areas I'm loving self more than you. And that, that in and of itself is a very humbling place to be, a wonderful, a beautiful place to be. Uh, but we have to be clear about what the real issue is, right? Sometimes we speak in generalities. Oh, I'm struggling with this. Oh, it's the flesh. Well, there's power in being very clear uh, for a brother to come and say, yeah, I really think your struggle is that you love that particular sin right now for whatever reason you're being drawn to that 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 is competing and and I'll be honest with you this week even in my own personal walk even in my own desire to honor God uh, in the totality of my every area of my life this week I had some challenges and it's funny because I had to remember my own sermon this week and I'm I'm battling with, with uh, a part of the old man coming into my head and into, into my thought life from wherever. I don't even know why. And, you know, you go through, well, is this spiritual warfare? Is this, you know, you, you go through all these. And suddenly this week, I was like, Lord, I think I'm struggling with love right now. For whatever reason, this, this old part of me is coming back and drawing me to it. And I got to tell you, it was uh, challenging, but also liberating to call it out for what it was. And, and even for me personally, I said, Lord, I got to confess right now. Father, I confess I'm struggling with love right now. And I need you to help me I go back to the cross or just be reminded. I need you, Father, to remind me how much you love me. Rather than, you know, bad Richie, bad pastor, right? I, I went the other way. I said, Lord, help me right now. Just in this moment, I need to be reminded of how much you love me. Because I want to deal with this area in response to your love, right? We love because he first loved us, right? And, and I got to tell you... There was freedom. There was some victory there. Uh, but it was tough. And I had to identify it. I had to be honest 
with God and with myself. Lord, right now, I'm dealing with a love issue. I, uh, I, I'm being drawn to this, and I need you to help me be more drawn to you over this, right? And it was a love issue. We saw this quote from uh, Joseph Stowell. says, God is not interested in our lifestyle if it does not begin with heart style. And it's so important as we move forward in Ephesians. And as Mark said, Paul's going to get very specific. And we have to understand that it all, it all has to come from our heart. All has to come from our heart. First John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? So our obedience really flows out of a love. A love. We saw this quote from the uh, Life Application New Testament commentary. The quality of our obedience is a direct reflection of our love for Jesus. Think about that. In your walk this past week, in the choices that you made, how much of it went back to your love for the Lord? Because a lot of us, I think, uh, we lose our joy, and, and in our Christian walk, it's easy to go from devotion or love to duty or to scorekeeping. So this past week, as you reflect on the choices you have made, were they made out of love? Were they made out of devotion? Were they made out of a, Lord, I love you so much, and I just want to honor and glorify you. Thank you for loving me. Let me just love you. Or was it more like fear-driven, like, oh, you better not. You better not. You're breaking the rules. Right? And then you, sl- you were more like duty-bound than devotion. That's what we're talking about, right? In 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, we saw this. It says, the Apostle Paul says, For the love of Christ controls us. Right? 1 John four nineteen, We love because he first loved us. Why is that so important? You have to ask yourself, what is motive? What is your motive? What is your motive? What drives you right now? Because later this, today, you're going to be challenged, I'm guessing, with obedience. Later today, you might be tempted. Later today, there might be a competing interest for the love priority in your heart what's going to drive that what's going to drive that okay and and my heart and my prayer for us as a church you heard me say it last sunday i would love for someone to ask me or any of the elders or anyone here and say hey why do you guys do what you do why do you do what you do and i pray that at the core our answer would be we love because he first loved us that that really just is the, the core of it, right? Why are you going to do, why are you going to choose what you're going to choose for the rest of this day? My heart would be that you would just say, because he first loved me. But that's a choice we have to make. It's a choice we have to make. And it's very subtle to go from devotion, because he first loved me, to duty. Because 
I don't want to get called to the principal's office. Right? The big guy with the lightning bolt. It's very subtle, and, and sometimes even in churchdom, you can slide. You can slide from devotion to duty very easily. It's very subtle. Very subtle. Okay? Why is this important? Because verses 17 to 24, in a broad sense, has been talking about putting off and putting on. And I'm guessing that many of you at home and those here will amen that. Because it's pretty broad. Put off and put on. Amen, brother. It's part of sanctification. For the rest of your life, you're going to be putting off and putting on. Amen. Let's do it. As long as you keep it here. But what's going to happen from Ephesians 4.25 all the way through the end of Ephesians 6 is it's going to get really practical and uncomfortable. In fact, uh, Pastor Stephen Cole says this. From verse 425 on, he goes, Paul goes from preaching to meddling. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not too thrilled when I feel like someone's meddling in my business. Right? We can show up to church, and we can amen, and we can, good to see you, how's it going? Fine. Right? We can serve together. But don't meddle. Now you're getting personal. Now you're getting legalistic. Right? I love that. Now you're legalistic. Oh, you're in, you're in my business. You know? Who are you? Right? Oh, how are you? Oh, I don't... Right? So in the church, we like to stay very broad. What we say around here, we like to stay at 10,000 feet. It's very safe to stay at 10,000 feet. And uh, to kind of just like amen and encourage from a distance... I'll pray for you, thinking of you, right? That's all well and good. I'm not saying stop that. But what I am saying is be prepared because starting today, it's going to get specific. And I love what, what, he, what Pastor Cole said. Paul goes from preaching, which will amen, to meddling. <laughs> you know? But isn't that really what we want? If we want to glorify God, if we want to truly say, I want to follow Jesus, I want my life to reflect Jesus, we've got to let him meddle. We've got to let him meddle. And then, quite, quite frankly, he'll bring people in your lives to do the meddling. <laughs> Not that he can't speak to you through the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely can. But that's why he put you in the church. Hebrews ten twenty four. right? We're to love and encourage one another. To love and good deeds. We're, allow, we're, we're supposed to allow people we trust, and it, you know, it takes time to build a relationship. We're supposed to allow meddling. See, if I truly believe that Bill, Randy, and Mark have my best interests in mind, I'll let them in. And if I understand and believe I'm going to get grace and compassion and wisdom because they want the best for me and my family in my relationship with God... They're not here to fix me. They're not here to do this to me. I'll allow them in. Hey, I'll ask them to meddle. Okay? And so that's why we're the church. This is what we do. Okay? So in Ephesians 4.25, he says this. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, 
for we are members of one another. The Apostle Paul in this uh, verse is actually quoting from Zechariah 8.16. If you were to look that up, you'd see this, right? Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says this, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. All right, so what we've seen in, in verses 17 to 24 and then Colossians 3, 9 and 10, this... This being deceitful, this not coming clean, telling it like it is, it's part of our old self. It's part of our old nature. And he's saying, hey, in Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ, the new creation is a, is a, is a creature of truth, is a speaker of truth. That's who you are. Now, easier said than done for some. Easier said than done. And... We're going to be looking at speak being a person that speaks the truth, right? Especially starting here, Ephesians 4.25, the immediate context is the church being honest, speaking the truth within the church to brothers and sisters in Christ. But I wanted to kind of, I, I was doing some uh, research on, you know, lying in the culture. It's fascinating. There was a book that came out called The Day That America Told the Truth, Right? And uh, it's amazing. It says this, uh, 91% of us lie regularly. Of the people interviewed, 92% said the main reason for their lying was to save face. 98% said the reason they told lies was so as not to offend people. 91% lie regularly. Right? Uh, There was a TED Talk, 2011 Speaker said, on any given day, studies show that you may be lied to anywhere from 10 to 200 times. (laughs) I read that, and then I think of the current state of our culture and this issue of, will someone please just tell me the truth? What's going on right now? What is one of the biggest, you know, tension getters right now, anxiety, fear, anger issues right now is truth. We're trying to figure out who to believe, who's telling me the truth, whether it's with the election, with the pandemic, whatever, the economy. Because if you are out there doing any kind of research, you get from here to here, and you're like, can someone please just tell me the truth? So we're even, even as a country, even as a culture, with this idea of truth and, and telling the truth and not being lied to, we're living it right now, constantly, because I think... If you're like me, I just want to know the truth. Even if it's not a pleasant truth, I can deal with the unpleasantness of it if it's true. All right? So we deal with this. Uh, There was another uh, article I came by. It's titled, 60% of people can't go 10 minutes without lying. It's 2012. It says this, according to a 2002 study conducted by the University of Massachusetts, 60% of adults can't have a 10-minute conversation without lying at least once. 60% of adults can't speak for 10 minutes to someone without a lie. (laughs) Like, okay, right? Another one uh, titled 25 Nose Growing Statistics on Lying. This is from 2017. By the age of four, 
90% of children have learned the concept of lying. <laughs> Age of four. Who gets lied to the most? Parents, 86%. Friends, 75%. Siblings, 73%. Spouses, 69%. Right? Where do most lies occur? Resumes, 40%. And dating sites, 90%. There you go. Resumes and dating sites, right? Common reasons for lying. Lying to save face. Shift blame. Avoid confrontation. Get one's way. To be nice. To make yourself feel better. Okay, so we're going to pause right there. Quick survey. Why do you lie? And we're going to see, we're not just talking a straight-out, bald-faced lie. We're talking, when it's talking about being a person of the truth and putting off falsehood, we're talking in various forms. White lies, half-truths, exaggeration, embellishment, omission, covering for somebody, fudging numbers, out-and-out fraud. (laughs) Okay, so we're not just talking like a straight black-and-white lie. We're talking any shade of deceit. Why do you do that? Is it an ingrained habit? Right? Why do we do that? And specifically, again, why do you do that? From the same article, it says, Most people lie an average of four times a day, which equates to 1,460 lies every year. Right? And somehow or another, they figured out that a man can lie twice as much as a woman in a single day. Amen? It's coming through the speakers. It's amen. I'm sure a lot of ladies are. Amen. Right? I don't know. They busted us. We do it twice as much. Right? And then the most common lie, and I shared with the team this morning, this made me think of the church. The most common lie, according to this article, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong, I'm fine. Right? Now, we're not saying that there's appropriate places to share what's going on and, and all of that, but... But at its core, right? Someone asks you, hey, how's it going? I know for me, just based on my own walk, my own sanctification, my own whatever insecurities, it is so easy to say, I'm good. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Right? You got to throw in praise the Lord because that's a real deflection. Right? No one's going to question. If you throw in praise the Lord, suddenly he must be really good. Right? Why, why do we do that? What, what is that? Where is this coming from? Why can't, you know, if Randy says, how are you doing? Uh, why can't I just say, not so good right now? Is it because I don't want to inconvenience him? Do I, not, do I be- not really believe he wants to really know? Right? I mean, I get that too, because you might have had a bad experience where it was sort of like the courtesy ask. You ever have that? I've had that. Someone says, how are you doing? And, and then you say something, and they're like, well, praise God. God bless you, brother. <laughs> I'm like, D- you didn't even hear what I said. You literally did not. They were on autopilot because they had their autopilot response. So I broke the cycle, and I, 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 I kind of like said, I'm going to break this cycle. I'm not going to say good because they're going to say, they think I'm going to say good, and they're going to say praise God. Right? So I didn't say good. I, I, I said what was going on. And I still got, praise God. Because <laughs> they weren't really listening. Right? So it, it's complex. I get it. But at the core, we're talking about, in Ephesians 4.25, being people, even starting in the church, that speak the truth. 
as new creations. Ravi Zacharias says this, the fact is the truth matters, especially when you're on the receiving end of a lie. <laughs> right? We've been there. It's not fun. Not fun to find out you've been hoodwinked or, you know. It's not fun when you realize it was a bald-faced lie, like straight-up lie, right? And it's not fun when you realized they were just trying to finagle it. Oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, did I forget to tell you? I'm sorry, right? Oh, you know, I know, but I just, right? We've been there on the receiving end. And, and it matters because you will see it, the verse really says, you know what? We're members of one body. It affects the church. We're all members of one body, right? In the New Living Translation, verses 21 to 25 says this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Okay, that's the old man. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same. Why is it important to say, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy? This comes back to devotion. Your new nature is designed to reflect the nature of God. Or just as a brother Sister, lie just because it's bad behavior. See, that, that's again the, the do of not lying. That's bad. No, we don't lie because God is a God of truth. Right? Titus 2 says, right? John 14, 16, and 17, the Spirit is truth. Right? John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So really at the core to speak the truth is simply to reflect the nature of God. That's why we don't want to tell lies. Because that's not the nature of God. It doesn't glorify God to, to not speak the truth. In fact, we know where lies come from. Right? Jesus, speaking to some Jewish unbelievers, says this in John 8. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. See, when you, when you look at this this issue of speaking the truth in light of two characters you understand why it's so weighty if i want to glorify god i am simply reflecting his character as the god of truth if my life is really characterized by lies and deception john eight forty four kind of tells you who you're reflecting it it changes it radically to this heart issue right and why is that important? Because I don't know about you. I've had times in my life where telling the truth gets my heart beaten. I get scared. I get nervous. I don't know how the person's going to react. It might cause you know, uh, division in the sense of the relationship. Might might get strained. 
and my heart's beating and I'm supposed to speak the truth in love. And I'm like, oh, can't I just have Bill call them? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm looking for someone else to speak the truth because speaking the truth is uncomfortable at times. Right. And so we get tempted to not to just fudge it a little bit, to take the edge off. Right. And in that moment, it's a temptation. And I have to say, OK, stop. Am I loving myself? Do I want to? Am I? Is it more about protecting me or loving God and his, honoring him? Come what may in the consequences. You see, this is a heart issue. It's a love issue. Proverbs twelve twenty two says this. The Lord detests lying lips. But he delights in those who tell the truth. Powerful verse. Right? When you and I choose to speak the truth, God delights in that. In the choice you made. Why does he delight in it? Because it glorifies him. It reflects him. We are in Christ. We're children of God. When we choose to speak the truth, we're being like our father. Right? And again, in this culture, in this very postmodern, you know, everyone for themselves culture, I got to tell you, if you are a person who speaks the truth consistently, you will stand out. Right? You don't have to have some big mission trip to some other foreign country. You don't have to do some big thing for God. If you want to honor God, if you want to be salt and light, an ambassador of reconciliation, just purpose in your heart to tell the truth. You'll stand out like a sore thumb. Right? It's interesting. Uh, I, talked to, I was talking to my oldest daughter yesterday, and this came up. I didn't know she was dealing with this. And I said, hey, can I use this tomorrow? She said, sure. And what happened was she's taking an online class, and uh, for whatever reason, they have a test. But it's not proctored. It's an honor system. And part of the honor system is you're not supposed to use your notes. Right? So my oldest daughter takes the test and doesn't do as well as she would like. But she didn't use her notes. Lo and behold, she starts talking to some of her classmates who did use their notes and got very high scores. And you know what really bugged her? And, and I appreciate her. She goes, you know what really bugs me about this? My sense of justice and fairness. Like 15 people got 100%. Now, she doesn't know what percent of them looked at their notes, but based on who she was talking to, wasn't thrilled with her particular score. And I'm working through it with her. And she even has this conversation with one of her peers in the class. And literally, I had to, I had to, I, I had to write this down. She's telling me this, and I'm typing on my computer as I'm talking. She's like, you're typing, huh? I'm like, yeah, I have to write this down. This is what her peer said about her peer who used the notes. She said, quote, I literally do not care. I do not feel bad at all. I literally do not care. I, I do not feel bad at all for violating the honor code and for my score. So my daughter is struggling with that. Because it's not fair. Because <laughs> she was a person of truth, integrity, honesty. And here's a person who got a, probably a higher score than her. <laughs> and doesn't, she's sleeping well. 
right? And, and so it was a wonderful thing to work through with her because it was about honoring God. I said, you know, in the end, God knows, and you made a choice that honored him, and he'll honor that, and, and you can feel good about character. I said, don't focus on the score, the test, focus on character. And it, and it helped her about that much. <laughs> Because she's still bent that her score wasn't where she wanted it. And all them cheaters are not feeling bad at all. So, you know, the the point is that if we're going to be people that speak the truth in a culture where doing this is really the exception rather than the rule, it seems. And like the ones that are dishonest and half truth and white lie and all the other things seem to like get away with it and not only get away but benefit that's a cost we're going to have to 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 make on the front end and we're going to have to stay vertical in those moments where we choose to speak the truth or honor God in honesty and integrity we're going to have to get our from him right he delights in those who tell the truth that's that's part of being salt and light part of living in this fallen culture is that honoring God isn't always going to play out in man's economy. And in fact, in some weird way, we're going to bear the brunt of being honest. Right? Down to the smallest thing. You ever get too much change at the store? Right? All down to the, those, those little areas where we can choose to compromise and we can choose to sort of just... Uh, or, you know, not completely tell everything, right? It's just a white lie. It's a half-truth, you know? These little temptations to just compromise along the way, okay? That, that's what Paul is talking about, right? He, it's a command, and, and we have to be clear even about what the truth is because we know that as believers, the truth is rooted in God's word and his nature, right? Let me tell you a few things what the truth is not, because some people may not be clear on it. The truth is not simply whatever works. That's pragmatism, right? You don't define truth that way. Truth is not what makes you or me feel good. That's kind of culture thing. Truth is not what the majority says. Okay? And here's, here's something that's real important too. Truth is not simply what is believed. Because you can believe a lie. Okay? So as, as a church, as a believer, you need to be really rooted and grounded that your source and foundation of truth is God and his word. That's where we look to for our truth. And if we're going to speak the truth, it's going to come from there, first and foremost, in the power of the spirit of truth. Okay? There's a, a couple of theories to kind of help us with that. What is truth in the Greek? The word truth means nothing hidden or obscured. That's what it means in the Greek. Nothing hidden or obscured. Okay? You're telling it like it is. There's a a theory called the correspondence theory where facts correspond to reality. Okay? Truth is that which corresponds to reality. There's the coherence theory. When all corresponding facts are put together, they cohere in a narrative, which means it makes sense. Okay? So truth. As believers, the Word of God, well, God and the Word of God is the ultimate reality. If truth is that which corresponds to reality, well, God is the reality. He is the great I am. He has always been. His word is truth because it comes from the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality. 
That's why we base this, that's why we base our faith our whole life on him, because he is truth. He doesn't just speak truth, he is truth. He is the source of truth. That's where it all comes from. Okay? Ephesians 5:1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Okay? So we're we see this, and then we look at our neighbor. We look at the motive, right? Our relationship with our neighbor. In Ephesians 4, 25, again, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Okay? And again, the immediate context, the neighbor, we are members of one another. He's talking about, hey, speak the truth to other brothers and sisters in Christ. We are all members of one another, right? 1 Corinthians 12, For just as the body is one and as many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. It's a powerful illustration to bring into speaking the truth, right? I'm supposed to speak the truth to you and to all of you believers out there because we're all members of one body. And you're like, what's the connection? Well, here's the thing. If I don't speak the truth, and we are all members of one body, I'm harming the body. I'm harming the body. Right? In the physical world, in our, in this, in our physical bodies, we need clear and accurate, truthful communication between the different elements of our body. In fact, what's interesting is that one of the uh, impacts of leprosy on our bodies is what they call sensory nerve damage. It says, when the sensory nerves are damaged, they cannot register pain. This leaves the extremities of hands and feet vulnerable to burns and injuries that can result in loss of fingers, toes, hands, and feet. So there's sensory nerve damage, which really means they're not talking. The nerves aren't talking, and and it's not registering. Right? Do you see how there's a breakdown in, in truthful communication? Hey, there's a dangerous situation, but the brain's not getting that. He thinks it's fine. So they're putting their hand in the fire, or they're, they're, you know, and they don't even register. Well, when I'm not speaking the truth to a, another member of the body of Christ, I'm harming the body. Because if Mark asks me a question, and I don't tell him the truth, I don't know what he's going to do with that in the context of the church. Because he's just going to go off because he's going to trust me. And so now what I told him is going to impact what he says and how he behaves within the context of the church. And in the end, the whole church is going to suffer. It's not, this is where sometimes we think that, you know, lying is one of those, it doesn't hurt anyone. Right? That's like credit card fraud. You hear the, you know, the justification as well. You know, it doesn't hurt anyone. The insurance companies or the credit card companies, they're so rich. It doesn't hurt anyone. That some ridiculous um, justification. But I think lying in the same way, we think that, well, it doesn't really hurt anyone. And in fact, we, we kind of flip it like, well, I know, but if I told the truth, it would have been worse. <laughs> it would have hurt their feelings. So we justify lying in some way. It was for your good. Mark, I lied to you, but it was for your good, bud. <laughs> right? We twist it. But what Paul is saying is, you know what? This issue of speaking the truth just isn't about you. You can't just say it doesn't hurt anyone. In fact, he's very clear. It hurts the body because you're all members of the body. And if the body is going to function correctly, we got to have clear communication. 
Otherwise, like what happens with leprosy, people are getting burned and things are getting chopped off because somebody's not telling the truth and it's not registering. Okay? How do we do it? Well, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says we're to speak the truth in love. Okay, very important. When it says be a person that speaks the truth, we're not talking to come in like a bull in the china shop and just destroy and devastate someone and say, Randy, your hair is horrible. You know, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not talking about being inconsiderate and mean and, and just, just like destroying someone and be like, well, it says speak the truth, <laughs> you know, honey, that dinner you made. Woo! You know what I mean? We're not talking just any... That is not what he means by speaking the truth. It is not... Because what are we supposed to do? Edify and build up. So if we're going to be people who speak the truth in love, it requires grace. It requires wisdom. It requires the power of the Holy Spirit. It requires compassion. Everything. Okay? It is not coming in and just unloading on someone. Who finally have permission to tell you everything that I always wanted to know. <laughs> Don't do that. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about, at the core, honoring God by the choices we make because it reflects his character. So I can speak the truth, but I'm also going, God is a God of grace and a God of compassion, and I'm going to bring that all to, in the, into my conversation with you as well, not just you know unload on you. I like this. The Bible exposition commentary says, It has well been said, that truth without love is brutality, but love without truth is hypocrisy. You got to have both. And it takes, it takes wisdom, it takes some skill and experience to know how to speak the truth in love with sensitivity. And you got to give yourself grace. And, you also, and honestly, it goes both ways. If, if Mark, and I, you know, Mark, I think, has done this with me in the past, you know, if he wants to share something, I know he, he prays and he tries very tactfully to approach me. And, you know, hopes I'm having a good day. <laughs> Is this a good time? <laughs> well, actually, he doesn't care. He just comes right in. Hey, I got to talk to you. <laughs> so you give yourself grace to learn this skill, but you also give people grace to try it with you as well. Because this honors God. This honors Father. If our church at the well is a church, not perfectly, but consistently at its core desires to be speaking the truth in love to one another, I believe God delights in that. And here's the thing, guys, especially in this world culture, the way the world where we're in, what I said earlier about people are just kind of so torqued because they just don't believe, they don't know who to believe anymore, and they're just angry because they feel like they're being lied to 24-7, 365. What a breath of fresh air to come into a community of believers where there is truth. At its core. And you can go, oh, this is so nice. I'm finally around people, what, that I can trust. Because what is the core of truth? Trust. And why is it so painful when we lie? It's a betrayal of trust. It, it breaks down relationships and fellowship. Right? So even as a church, as a whole, we can glorify God in this community by being a church where people speak the truth in love. Right? And, and even if it's uncomfortable, a little bit, oh, okay. But this is what we do together. And at the core, it's because we love each other. 
And, and it, it, yeah, I've had 30 years of ministry, and I know how difficult it can be to hear things I don't want to hear and to say things I don't necessarily want to say. But I can't tell you how many times God has actually worked it all out for the good because we spoke the truth. And I can tell you how, th- how badly things turned out when we were afraid to tell the truth or we hedged just enough and we went down the slippery slope, right? There's this phrase I learned way back in high school. One of my friends, I, I think I get it right, if I just popped in my head, says, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Right? With that, you tell one, then you got to tell another, then you got to tell another, and pretty soon you forgot what the, the second one was, right? And it's just this tangled web, right? There's this quote that says, honesty means never having to look over your shoulder. Right? There's freedom. Isn't that crazy? There's freedom if we just do what God says. <laughs> not, not, not comfortable, not, not that it's not challenging, but there's genuine freedom. Because here's the thing. Before, I, I, I had a hard time growing up. I had a hard time receiving criticism. I had a hard time, um, even if it was meant with you know, constructive criticism. I, right? It's like, uh, how many of you at home... If there was a group project in school, how many of you prefer just to do it by yourself, right? Working with people, getting input, and no, right? And I had to learn over, and it was really through the context of the church. God taught me that people in my life and speak the truth because they actually care about me and love me. They're not here to break me down. They're not here to put me down. They're not here to step on me, you know, they're not here to destroy me. What they're actually doing is trying to help me. Now, that took a while for me to get used to and to even allow. But I got to tell you, I probably wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't experienced that discomfort of allowing people to meddle in my life because they actually cared about me. So sometimes I think your challenge in letting people in is letting people love you. Love you enough to actually... Speak the truth and tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You know, that's what I love about the elders at this church. We're not a bunch of yes men. We have some very animated discussions at times because we're speaking the truth in love to one another about the best for this church or even things in our life. But we need that. I don't need a bunch of yes men. We don't need a bunch of yes people around here. That, that doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do the kingdom any good and actually ends up harming us as a body. Okay? So as we, as we close, how do we, how do we develop this? How do we begin to implement this being a person of a, a truth, speaking the truth? Well, Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. I love that. What's the first word? Teach. So here's, here's where we got to be honest, guys. This habit of not speaking the truth, half-truths, white lies, exaggeration, omission, whatever is, putting that off is going to take time. You've got to be humble, and you say, Lord, I need you to teach me. I need you to teach me for your honor, for your glory, right? Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how is he going to teach you? Through his word primarily. You've got to be in the word. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. 
What's the, glo- what's the uh, motive? 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's our motive. We speak the truth for the glory of God. It just simply is a reflection of him, right? And in a very practical sense, here's a couple helps. Find some people in your life. Not necessarily to have another Bible study with. Nothing wrong with that. But I think what some of us need are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Maybe you just call it a truth study. (laughs) Where you actually share your life and you you, you speak to each other in truth. The love and truth, right? You speak the truth in love. Because sometimes, honestly, we can, and take this the right way, we can hide behind study. And then when it comes to prayer requests or sharing our life, we, get a, we still are, and we just kind of deflect it off. Find someone in your life, one person, two people, that you can begin to speak the truth at a deeper level. Where you receive grace and compassion. And I know your heart's going to beat, and it's going to be scary as all get out. But that's okay. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. The other thing, if you're going to be a person that speaks the truth, you've got to decide ahead of time that you're going to be a person that speaks the truth. You've got a purpose in your heart. Maybe that's part of your morning prayer. Father, today, I don't know what I'm going to encounter. I don't know what conversations. I don't know what situations. But Father, today, on the front end of today, I'm choosing to be a person that speaks the truth. Because the truth, the, the, here's the truth, and it's happened to me countless times, when I get caught off guard, when I get caught off guard, and I'm immediately confronted with tell the truth, hedge, the, 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 if I have a purpose ahead of time, my flesh, my desire to self-protect, is big. So if you're going to be a person that speaks the truth in love consistently, you have to consistently purpose in you ahead of time for the glory of God. Okay? For the glory of God. And then finally in 3 John verse 4, it says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I think about that for me, and I think about that even as the elders of this church, right? Wouldn't that, what a phenomenal testimony that we're walking in the truth. Not perfectly, but we're just walking. We have our ups and downs. That's why we're here. That's why we're here, too. Because we love you, and we want you to walk in the truth. So here's what we're going to do uh, in preparation for communion. Because this truth-telling thing, the challenge with this is it's such a private thing that you can be... truthful, but nobody knows. Because they tend in the church, what? To give you the benefit of the doubt because you're a a Christian and you're a good person. So they don't, they don't really question. This is one of those, this is one of those issues where I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to speak this morning. You're going to have to speak to individuals about this issue of speaking the truth. Because it's so easy to hide it. So easy to hide it. And so, you know, I was thinking of communion, and, and we have these cups here, and, and I just thought of this. If you are struggling with this issue of truth, remember Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the ultimate reality and the ultimate representation of the reality of God's promises. But I'm also reminded of Jesus in the garden. Remember that? He's struggling, and he says, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. 
There's times we're going to have to pray that prayer when it comes to telling the truth, guys. You're going you're gonna... <laughs> to... Oh, why do I have to be the one? Father, if there's any way, can you bring someone else to, say, to speak the truth to this person? He's like, no. I need you to go speak the truth and love to that person. And you know what? You're going to be like Jesus in the garden. And you might have to literally come to that moment where you say, Father, okay, nevertheless... Not my will, but your will be done. I am going to go speak the truth in love out of obedience and faith and because it glorifies you. So this morning, as we take communion. We remember Jesus. Even when he was challenged, he went to his father and ultimately surrendered and he trusted his father's will. And then I'm reminded also, We love, we obey out of love. We love because he first loved us. That's what I love about communion is it reminds me he first loved me. So the choices I'll make in speaking the truth is because he first loved me. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time this morning. Father, we thank you that we can honor you by being people that speak the truth in love because it reflects your nature, your character. But Father, this morning we're very honest. We live in a culture where deceit and cheating and fraud and hedging and not honoring honor codes, it's just accepted. People don't feel bad at all. So Father, we need you in this area. And we're reminded in verse 25, it begins in the church. So I pray for us as believers. I pray for us at the well that we would speak the truth in love for your glory. For your glory. And Father, I pray for those at home listening that maybe uh, this has been such a deeply ingrained habit that they're really going to need you to transform them. So, Father, we ask your forgiveness for the areas in our life where we're not truthful, where we hedge because we're scared, because we're prideful, because we're insecure, because we want what's best for ourselves. Father, forgive us. We confess this sin. We ask your forgiveness. And, Father, now we purpose From this moment to the end of this day, Father, we are purposing, we are desiring to glorify you in this area. So we desire, we desire right now in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak the truth in love, to glorify you in this one specific area for the rest of this day and one day at a time as we move forward. And all God's people said, Amen.
but we were created in his image and he gave us free will to choose him that's our responsibility if that's a decision that you've made today again contact us through this prayer we'll reach out to you if that's your need we'll get right back to you but we want you to not struggle alone we want you to allow us to help carry your burden that Jesus is there for you we appreciate you tuning in it means so much to us that you entrust your worship Sunday with the Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship at the well on behalf of everybody we thank you and have a blessed week.